It's raining in the city I call home. I pull up my letter and spark up a cigar. Taking a long drag, I ponder what has become of this city. This place stinks of stale sweat, blood and piss. A far cry from once it once was. My cigar lights up the dark night sky as I inhale the soothing tobacco and feel its sting in my lungs. Police sirens wail and flashing lights blind me while I ponder my place and the meaning of all this commotion. Then it hits me like a goddamn brick, like a migraine headache. It's the 20th anniversary of Max Payne and it's time to dive headfirst into the legendary action shooter. My name is Dave and this is Late to the Party. Everything ripped apart in a New York minute, Max Payne is a man with nothing to lose in the violent, cold urban night. A fugitive undercover cop, framed for murder, and now hunted by cops and the mob. Max is a man with his back against the wall, fighting a battle he cannot hope to win. Prepare for a new breed of deep action game. Prepare for pain. On today's top story, the Valkyr crisis worsens with the murder of DEA Special Agent Alex Balder. Special Agent Balder had been shot repeatedly from a point-blank range. A suspect was seen leaving the site only moments after the shots had been fired, and the NYPD is currently in pursuit of Max Payne, a repeated felon believed to be armed and extremely dangerous. A winter storm warning is in effect in the whole tri-state area freezing rain and heavy snowfall continue. Try to go public with this. We will deny any knowledge. Max Payne was originally released in 2001 to rave reviews. In fact, I hadn't even heard of the game. But it was only when Matt got the PS2 port a year later that I was first exposed to the near-noir beauty of Max Payne. I was transfixed. What was it? Why was Max's character model grimacing so much? What's with all of this slow motion diving everywhere? While I only played the first level, I was far too distracted by other games out around this time that Max Payne sadly got thrown to the wayside and forgotten about cruelly. What other games was I distracted by? Well, it's 2002 and my PS2 was getting a complete battering at this point. That was the year of Time Splitters 2, James Bond 007 Nightfire, Burnout 2 Point of Impact, and my most played game of that year, the original Ratchet and Clank. Many, many years pass. In late 2019, I acquired an Xbox 360 bundle. At this point, I remember that it's backwards compatible, and perhaps I could indeed revisit that forgotten game. 
Yes, it was finally time to see what I had missed and jump back into the world of one Max Payne. I didn't like the way the show started, but they'd give me the best seat in the house, front row center. My Beretta stirred nervously under my coat, but the train doors had already shut behind me, and I was in for the ride. Dear listener, I jumped in, and in fact, played all three games to completion over the span of two long weekends, surpassing not only my original intentions, but also managing to check a few things off my ever-growing list. Take that, Matt! For all intents and purposes, though, I'm only going to be covering the first game here, and not the full trilogy. Let's not blow all of our creative juice in one go now. DISGUSTING! Let's savour the neo-noir and violence. Now, let's get on to it. The station was drenched in gloom. Alex was a ghost, nowhere to be seen. I'd have to look for him. Following on from their first game, Death Rally, Finnish developer Remedy Entertainment began to toy with the idea of making an action-adventure game in late 1996, inspired by the success of the original Tomb Raider game and top-down action shooter Loaded. Games writer Sam Lake came up with the idea of a private eye slash hard-boiled cop that would be used in a game with a quote, deeper, more psychological story. This initial design document and proof of concept was shown to 3D Realms. Yes, the developer of the Duke Nukem 3D series. We've previously featured one of Duke's adventures on the podcast. Go check it out if you haven't heard it. 3D Realms approved and a deal was signed, and production soon began thereafter. The first trailer for the game was shown during E3 in 1998. That garnered considerable attention due to its then, for the time, groundbreaking particle effects on gun muzzle flashes and smoke. The original Max Payne was due to be released in summer 1999. However, it was then delayed repeatedly in order to improve the game's, I quote, realistic textures and lighting, while simultaneously scrapping a planned multiplayer mode. Yup, multiplayer. The game eventually released in July 2001 for Microsoft Windows with a PS2 and Xbox port in 2002. And, unbelievably, a Game Boy Advance poll in 2003. I may revisit the Game Boy Advance version in a future episode later down the line. Shall we head into the gameplay and such? Yeah, alright then. He was dead. I could tell by the empty accusing stare of his eyes. In Max Payne, you control the titular character, a cop hell-bent on revenge to find out who murdered his wife and newborn daughter during a home invasion connected to an ongoing drug investigation. Three years later from that fatal night, Max is framed for the murder of his NYPD and drug enforcement agency partner Alex Balder during an undercover operation. Now, with his identity exposed, Max goes on the run from not only the NYPD who want him for murder, but also from the Mafia. Along the way, Max uncovers a wider conspiracy that links all of the unfortunate events that will clear his name and end his bloody path of retribution throughout New York. Now that we've got a basic premise, shall we dig a little bit deeper? This game oozes noir. Seriously, if it oozes any more noir, it would be in black and white. The story itself is a typical redemption arc that is often seen in noir pulp fiction. Not that kind of pulp fiction. You know what I mean. Anyway, the whole aesthetic of the game also keeps in with the noir feel. In any good noir, the setting is almost a character in itself. 
New York comes alive and feels like a living, breathing entity. This is probably due in part to the fact that some of the development team at Remedy Entertainment actually flew out from their native Finland while accompanied by two ex-NYPD bodyguards to New York and take thousands of reference photos to get inspiration for buildings and environments, but also to map out the city itself. Due to this, New York feels like an actual fleshed-out entity, almost as if you could take this photorealistic visage and use it to find your way around the real city. On top of that, the lighting effects that Remedy took those additional months to help develop clearly plays dividends here. The city is soaked in atmosphere, and honestly, it is glorious. The game itself is split into three parts. These are called The American Dream, A Cold Day in Hell, and A Bit Closer to Heaven. Each part consists of a prologue and several chapters per part, breaking up the stories and locales. The story is beautifully told via the medium of comic book panels, with voice acting and narration helping to progress the story. Again, these panels are soaked in noir pastiche that really help ground the game and sell its unique style. These are skippable, but honestly, they look so bloody good I couldn't help but stare at the gorgeous panels. What was done for budgetary reasons actually helps the game in the long run because more time could be put into the visuals and gameplay, and not onto full motion video. Another bomb exploded inside the closest slum building. It was a lucky break. The goons inside were spooked. But luck always came with a price tag. More bombs could still be ticking inside, and the cops would already be on their way. Not only that, but during production, if there was to be changes to the story, panels could easily be swapped out or modified, rather than have to re-render FMV sequences. Good choice there, Remedy. Really paid off. The narration throughout these sequences really lets you get into Max's head and observe his mental state more than a cutscene ever could. Comics panels just seem to convey more characterization than movies ever could. But that's a discussion for another day. While we're talking about the graphics, can I just mention how, for a 20-year-old game, it still looks fantastic. Seriously, the character models look great, the city looks great, even the vehicles, of which, admittedly, there are very few, look pretty convincing, despite other games from this era looking decidedly subpar. I'm looking at you, Spyro, Enter the Dragonfly. Oh yes, we will get to you in due course. I've already overlooked it, but let's get details on Max himself. His likeness is actually based off of Sand Lake, who acted as the game's writer. That's right, whenever you stare at Max, you are looking at his creator. In fact, he recently put on the clothes to celebrate the game's 20th anniversary, and yes, he still rocks that look. Anyway, the character models are highly detailed and no one looks the same. Everyone has their own look, own characteristics and dialogue. It's hard to believe that when I was playing this, it was 20 years old. Seriously, this game handles like a dream. Gameplay-wise, Max Payne is a third-person action-adventure game. You control Max as he explores the city, trying to discover the truth. He can run, jump, and of course, use bullet time. What's bullet time? Well, it's only the bloody thing that arguably gave this game such an edge over the competition. Represented by an hourglass in the bottom left of your screen, bullet time allows Max to slow down so he can manoeuvre throughout his environment. How does he do that? Well, you could just run, but honestly, where's the fun in that? 
the most fun to be had in this game is diving everywhere like you're in the Matrix. You can dive in slow motion, blasting away enemies using a variety of weapons, and it just feels so very satisfying. You have a limited bullet time meter, so you don't end up overusing it and subsequently break the game, which adds a small amount of challenge to the running and gunning. While it is possible to kill enemies and progress throughout the game without using it, what would be the point? The whole game is based around the bullet time mechanic. Not only does it look cool, evoking all of the John Woo hard-boiled fantasies you've ever had, but it also allows you to move from point A to point B while dodging enemy fire and strategically position yourself into cover. While this game does not have a traditional cover system, something that didn't actually get introduced until Max Payne 3 in 2012, it is possible to position yourself behind walls, boxes and crates to allow Max to reload and plan your next move. Remember said you only had a limited amount of bullet time? Well, fortunately, you can recover it by killing enemies and achieving headshots when not in bullet time. It's a case of why not reward the player by doing something you were going to do anyway. <laughs> Fun. Oh, video games. There are a wide variety of weapons that you can collect and use throughout the game. From dual handguns, machine guns, shotguns, rifles and grenades. As opposed to modern games in which you can only carry two weapons. In Max Payne you can carry all of the weapons. I ended up mainly using dual handguns through my run of the game, just for the sheer amount of handgun ammo that is littered throughout the game that is dropped by enemies. While it's nice to use a shotgun every now and again, when it comes to using it in bullet time, it's incredibly slow and takes longer to reload. Similarly, when you use a machine gun in bullet time, the accuracy is somewhat lacking due to it being a rapid fire weapon, so you can't always clear a room like you envisioned. The handguns for me just felt so fluid, allowing for more pinpoint accuracy and precision over how many shots you want to fire. Also, it just looks bloody cool, and I'm all in for looking cool because I'm obviously the coolest person ever. For me, I found grenades to be somewhat lacklustre in this game, and really intuitive. The problem I had was that it was not used as a sub-weapon assigned to a separate button, but instead you had to select it from your inventory to equip it as a main weapon to then aim it while you're being shot at, mind you, to then throw it in the direction you want before having to select a main weapon. It feels a little bit clunky, but in the end, I ended up not really using grenades during my run as a result of this to avoid annoyance. Granted, there were situations where I may have benefited from a well-timed grenade thrown into a crowded room, but to be honest, I was too busy leaping everywhere using dual handguns to really care. One thing that breaks up the gameplay in this other nightmare sections. We need to talk about the nightmare sections. Can we do it? Somewhere, the baby was crying. Let's do it. These sections, mm, well, they're thankfully quite short, but boy are they irritating. The premise for these sections is that Max has been drugged and delves into his survivor's guilt for not being at home when his wife and daughter were brutally killed. In these sections, you can hear Max's child repeatedly crying. All the while, you have to follow a blood trail on the floor that acts as a type of puzzle for the player. Now, I'm all in for a change in gameplay style in the game, as it gives the player a break from the core mechanics. However, implementing a rudimentary platforming section into an action shooter is not always a great idea. Remember I said you have to follow blood trail? 
Well, it places on multiple height levels, meaning that when one blood trail ends, you have to jump from one plane onto another, while making sure you land on the next blood trail. However, if you are slightly off target, you will fall to your death. And did I mention if you leave the blood trail, you will also fall to your death? Finally, did I mention the baby crying that loves endlessly and irritates you so much that you want to gouge out your eardrum just so the infernal screaming and crying will stop you? You never want to stop screaming and crying yourself because they want to touch it to end and it just never ends! Ah! Granted, it only happens twice and it does break up the gameplay, but that fucking baby! Ah! Irritation! It's worth noting that there is some replay value in Max Payne. Once you finish the main game, you unlock several new modes. Hard Boiled, a reference to the famous John Woo film, is essentially a hard mode setting. Dead on Arrival mode limits your saves to only 7 per chapter, and New York Minute, which is essentially a time trial mode. Once you complete the game on Dead on Arrival, you unlock a further mode known as either End Combat, The Last Challenge, or Final Battle, depending on which port of the game you play. This pits you in a firefight with some of the strongest enemies from the end of the game, with limited ammo, health, and weapons. Personally, I haven't played these, but at least there's something there for players who want a bit more of a challenge once they finish the game. My only detractor for the whole experience was actually one game-breaking glitch. In the export port of Max Payne, which I played, when you reach the latter chapter of the game, you enter a mansion. During this section, you have to work through the mansion, taking out various bodyguards and enemies. However, in one notable section, you have to take out three brothers, travelling through three rooms to do so. Upstairs, the trio tangoed down the manor halls to the silent rhythm of their murderous hearts. The blood of their victims rust on their lips. You can take out two brothers before one runs away to hide in another room. As you approach the room with the brother in, a cutscene plays in which you can hear a henchman say they're going to blast the door. It's at this point when the cutscenes ends, you move away from the door, and the door blast animation doesn't always occur, meaning that you are now stuck in the mansion with nowhere to go and progression is not possible. I searched online to see if there was a fix for this, and it seems to be a common problem within the Xbox port of the game, and it's purely luck if the glitch occurs or not. I had to reload the game several times to make sure that door blast dot animation would work so I could finish the game. It's the only real detractor from this solid game. Mind you, I didn't really encounter any other form of performance issues otherwise, aside from standard Xbox 360 emulation things. Punchinello's trio was done for. Upon its release, Max Payne was met with positive reviews, so much so that it won a BAFTA award for Best PC Game of 2001, the Reader's Choice Action Game of the Year 2001 by IGN, and several other Game of the Year awards to name but a few. Currently, the PC version of Max Payne has a Metacritic score of 89 out of 100 on PC and Xbox, and a score of 80 out of 100 on PS2 on review aggregator website Metacritic. The official US PlayStation magazine gave it a score of 80, stating, Bullet time. Just looks so friggin' neat. PC Gamer gave the game a score of 90. If you're looking for a great thrill ride, an interesting story, and bleeding-edge technology, Max Payne delivers all of them. Computer Games Magazine gave the game an 80, stating, A beautiful game full of memorable moments, suffering only from a clumsy attempt to mimic the writing style of old detective novels. And finally, IGN gave it a 93 
stating, although the game will take the average gamer about a dozen hours to complete, it's a non-stop thrill ride the whole way through, and you never go for more than a few seconds without seeing a gangster who's ready to take you down with extreme prejudice. Overall, I had a great time with Max Payne. While this game is very, very short, around four or five hours will do the job quite nicely, it is definitely worth your time. The overall presentation is totally different to anything I had experienced before. The noir aesthetic is beautiful and has often been copied, but never bettered. Even its sequels could not match the tone and aesthetic of the original trendsetter. The gunplay action is extremely satisfying, and who could say no to feeling invincible while leaping through the air in slow motion, watching that smirking face just let all kinds of carnage rain? In a modern context, the bullet time gimmick might feel outdated, but at the time it was revolutionary and set a standard for action video games. Graphically, it still looks good now, even 20 years after its initial debut. Max Payne gives you a totally solid gameplay experience, with a thrilling story that you will want to see to the end. The hype and critical acclaim the game has garnered throughout the years is truly justified, and you should 100% believe the hype. It left me wanting more. It left me with only really one thing to do. Seek out its sequels. Which is a story for another time.